Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Gooch, and welcome to As Different as Day and Night, a case study about the management of acutely agitated patient there in the emergency setting. I'm an emergency and flight nurse practitioner. I practice here in the Middle Tennessee area, and I'm also assistant professor of nursing at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. So let's meet Jason Bradshaw. So you're on your typical shift there in the ED, and you respond to triage for a staff assist call. We've all heard this before. We need some help. And so you arrive and you find Jason there in the triage room. He's very agitated. He's shouting. He's pacing in the room. What are you going to do? What's your intervention here? He's not making any threats to anyone else yet. He's agitated, but he's not threatening anybody. The triage nurse has left the room. So what's your plan? So let's start off. Let's introduce ourselves. Let's try to assess the situation, kind of that across the room assessment of the situation. Try to ask, can I enter? Give that patient some autonomy. Maybe he's going to respond to you in a good manner. Maybe he doesn't. But And that may start that rapport of having that good relationship. And in this case, he kind of just pauses. He looks at you, but he goes back to pacing. So let's ask again. And he responds, yes, yeah, sure. So maybe as we step in the room, we start talking to him. Try to establish that rapport. Earn some trust. That can be really important here. Goal is try to be non-confrontational. That doesn't always happen. It's not the best manner. But I reintroduce ourselves and ask him, how can you help? And he responds, let's make this all stop. Can you help me understand a little bit better, Jason? What's going on today? What can I help you with? So here's Jason's story. He's got a history of schizophrenia. He's been well-controlled in his medications, but unfortunately he lost his job and his insurance. And now he's been out of his medications at least five days. This is unfortunately something we run into often. And that patient wants to get back on his medications. He wants to be in control of what's going on but he admits he started having some audible hallucinations about two days ago, and he just feels he's well out of control. He's very anxious, and during your conversation with him, he just yells out, just stop, leave me alone. And you're looking at him, and obviously it looks like he's having some more of those hallucinations. You're very concerned for his well-being. You're concerned for everyone else's well-being. He had been well-controlled on lansipine. So what can we do for him now? How about we ask him, hey, would you like to go somewhere more private? Can we go somewhere away from everyone else so we can talk a little bit better? Because probably by now we've drawn a crowd. Everyone's there, sometimes law enforcement, security, depending on your practice. And sometimes their presence is going to be helpful and sometimes their presence can add to more agitation. So let's see if we can go somewhere a little bit more private to talk with him. So let's get into a secured room. Some of us may have that room that's safe for these patients. This may be the room that has nothing in there they can use to hurt themselves or others, ideally limited supplies. One of the EDs I practiced at before actually had the ability to turn a key and this garage door would come down and it would set off everything else so the patient couldn't access the monitor, any of the equipment that was there. And ask him, hey, can I do a brief exam? And he agrees. And luckily on physical exam, there's no red flags. There's no big concerns that come up when doing his assessment. He agrees to let you do some lab tests, and probably most of us have our standard policy we're going to do for these patients to rule out any other concerns, and this might be a metabolic problem. And since we've been taking a lanzapine at home, let's try an oral dose. 
maybe a little bit of lorazepam there as well. And he agrees to this. But I just want to make sure he's in a safe environment and that we are in a safe environment. So about 10 minutes later, unfortunately, you get called back to Jason's room. He's now more agitated. He's more aggressive. And talking to the nurse there, he was doing great. She come to help get him settled in. And unfortunately, hey, I need to get you undressed. Let's put these scrubs on. And that did not go well. He became more agitated. He's now not want to talk to me. He's not becoming very interactive. And he really has that just shakiness to him. He didn't get his medicines yet. So now what are we going to do for this guy? I want to take care of him, but I need to make sure he stays safe and that we stay safe as well. So we have a couple options out there. Maybe this is the patient who we might go with something IM, like haloperidol lorazepam. Or maybe we could go with second generation, maybe some olanzapine and midazolam. I like the midazolam because it absorbs faster and has a little bit shorter duration than we see with the lorazepam. I need to have my game plan. So whether I'm working with a couple of people, maybe I have security involved, maybe not. Let's work this out before we get in that room. So we're going to go in, let's talk to them. If the de-escalation doesn't work, we're going to go to medications. And if I have to give these medications I am, it's going to be straight through whatever he's got on. I want a good muscle group. I believe the thigh is the best. But if I have to go to an arm, I can use the deltoid. But let's have that plan. I need to get all hands on deck. And having your tailored work for each patient is what we want to. Maybe let's try this first. Maybe let's try this. But maybe he's a little bit more cooperative. Maybe we could do the dexmedetomidine sublingual. He's agitated. He says he wants help. He wants to make these voices stop. So this might be a good agent here. What else could we consider? What if I don't want to use an antipsychotic? What if I don't use a benzo? This might be a good time to consider ketamine. Ketamine is going to give us control of his agitation, but not have that long-lasting sedation that we might see with these others. Anytime we do a combination, we tend to have longer sedation and more problems. That stuff is something for us to consider. So we're going to do the haloperidol and the lorazepam. That's probably everybody's favorite to go to. Unfortunately, it's going to be very sedating, but it is going to help you help us control him. We've got to secure this patient. And I need as many hands as possible. I want to get him physically restrained to do this medication if de-escalation therapy doesn't work. Give the medication and let's wait. It may take several minutes for this to work. Try to give him some space. It's not going to work, you know, with an instant like we see in some of the TV shows and movies. But definitely after a couple of minutes, he becomes more calm. And he actually, he becomes more cooperative. And he allows us to continue the therapy. And he is actually kind of thankful that he's now got some more control of this. And for Jason's sake, we're going to put him in a psych hold and get some mental health evaluation. Unfortunately, sometimes using these medications may delay that. And sometimes our mental health counselors may not come and talk with that patient under their back fully awake. So we want to transition him to some oral things once he starts to wake up more without going to parental, if at all possible. So now for Jason's disposition. Fortunately, we didn't find any red flags. There were no abnormalities in his physical assessment, his laboratory workup. And once he gets more awake, he's more coherent for the medications, mental health's going to come talk with him. And that may be 12 or 24 hours from now, depending on your resources. We're going to get Jason admitted to inpatient services. We're going to get him back on his medication therapy. We're going to work with case management. We're going to try to get him access to his medications so we can get him back home, back to his family, and maybe have resources to help him find another job so we can get him back as being part of society. This is a great outcome for Jason. It's been kind of rough for him at first, 
but hopefully through either de-escalation therapy or sometimes pharmacological therapy, we can help get him controlled of our agitation. We definitely want to make sure we keep him safe and we keep us safe as well. So this may not work for every patient, tailor your plan to every patient, but hopefully we can think about the benefit of verbal de-escalation and since we need to elevate that to meds and try to go oral if at all possible. Maybe that's some lingual route or we have to go to an injection, but definitely have your plan and anticipate what it's gonna do and what your side effects are. Thank you. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.